The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women. And beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature. Be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Real Talk with MJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. MJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Let's go ahead and get started. Today, I have with me Ruth Akers. Ruth, what time of year is it? What's it like outside right now? It is a rainy yucky late august day and do you know what that means what does that mean that means school is back in session school's back and how do how can you tell oh (laughs) it is blowing up my email is going crazy yeah yep um you know why? Well, yeah, why is that? What, what do you do that would make your well, email blow up when school's back in session? We have sorority events going on, recruitment, socials, ball events, chapter events, you name it. And I've been with the sorority division for 25 years, and my job is to work with chapter members who are planning their events. So I know when it's school's back in session, <laughs> and knows. I know when it's out. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. Yeah, we're, we're all feeling it this week yep. here in the sorority department at MJ Insurance. So what do you do on a day-to-day basis? I review contracts, issue proof of insurance if it's needed, and I've been known to lend a sympathetic ear now and then to a crying chapter member because they've waited to the last minute and they need help. It's Friday afternoon, 3.30, and I leave promptly at 4.00. Yeah. 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 It's life. It is is life. Well, and and by that time, yeah, people need help and and we're gone. But that's our topic today is how to avoid getting in that situation with event planning and planning ahead. Um, And and what we're trying to do today is give you a perspective on how to include your insurance agent in the process, because that's what we do at MJ Insurance. We are an insurance agent for a lot of sororities out there. And we get to see and hear about a lot of the events that they plan, but often it's, it's at the very last minute. And right. not always, uh, but we're trying to help those out there who are planning events and may not think about this as part of your process. So before we start talking about a timeline, start to fi- finish on what that would look like, let's talk about why this even matters to an insurance company. Why do you think an insurance company would care about risk management as it relates to events. Well, you need to always remember your insurance agent. 
not that you have to invite us to your event. I mean, you can. I mean, yeah, we, we, we like, like, yeah. We like parties. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're fun. We're yeah. not the fun police, uh, contrary no, to popular no. opinion. We like to have fun. <laughs> insurance is not always boring. Well, yeah, insurance is boring, but we are not boring. True, true. 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 We, we make it fun. Yeah. Um, no, the reason you need to let us know is we live in a very litigious society. And what does litigious mean, Ruth? I mean, I know what it means, but can you explain it really quick just in case I don't? Well, I'm sure everyone knows what that means, Allison. <laughs> but anyway, uh, sure. It means that everyone wants to see someone for something. So most businesses, like your venues, etc., will have contracts. And those contracts very often will contain insurance requirements that are unfavorable to either you or your organization you're representing in this case it would be your sorority. Um, these contracts can contain a lot of legal and insurance language. So when you're signing these contracts, you need to know what's in them. Um, we, know, we know you're signing contracts all the time and you don't really know what's in them. This could potentially be putting yourself or your national organization at risk. Right, because that's what they bring up in, in lawsuits, right? As right. they go back and say, but you signed this right. here. You could be signing that you're, you could be signing a contract saying that your national organization would be held liable for something that's very unfavorable. Right, and just unfair. There's, right. there's some sneaky right. language in there sometimes. Exactly. And that's a great life lesson to keep in mind. Just beyond planning your sorority event, contracts are everywhere and you always want to know what you're signing. You don't want to create extra liability for yourself just because you didn't read the fine print. But I am already getting ahead of myself. So um, let's kind of walk through, I think what we want to do today is sort of step-by-step -step walk through. If, if I'm planning an event, what is the first thing I want to do? As a college student, uh, from a college student's perspective especially, um, and specifically sorority chapter members, because that's who we work with. Uh, so what do I want to do when I'm first planning an event? Is it pick the theme? Do I want to start promoting it on social media right away? Make a t-shirt? What's what's the very first thing I should do? No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Not yet. First step. Well, that's all the fun stuff. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. We got business before pleasure. Yep, yep. <laughs> Timing's everything. And you'll want to find a venue to start. Some college towns have limited venues and spaces to rent for sorority events, so you need to kind of put ahead. Yeah, so once you've found a venue, um, because we live in a litigious society like you talked about before, that venue will probably give you some paperwork, right? Yes, that could include an invoice, uh, what to expect, contact information, but what we need is any contractual agreement. Can be called a usage agreement, terms and conditions, contract, lease for the space, just for the event. So many names for this document, but the bottom line is it's the paperwork that we need to see, and we need to see the whole thing that contains the insurance requirements. Gotcha. So that's where we come in, right? As right. an insurance agent, for most of the sororities that are part of MPC, that's the National Panhellenic Conference. We consult on these things from an insurance standpoint, should something go wrong at your event. And we want to check and see that you're using favorable, responsible venues from an insurance standpoint, not just from a fun, marketable standpoint, but from an insurance standpoint too. Right. A reasonable venue means a venue who's adequately insured. Right. So do sororities have to change venues sometimes because of the insurance requirements ever? Um, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, our sorority and fraternity clients go to the expense of ensuring that they are adequately insured. 
Therefore, we recommend that you use venues who are adequately insured. That makes sense. So some of the other event planning components um, to think about, and I, I remember planning events myself in college um, and all the details that went into them and how overwhelming that was at first. Um, but you can't get to the fun stuff like decorations and guest lists and themes and menus and music and attire and t-shirts until you book a venue, right? Right. So the chapter should send you the contract or paperwork for their first choice of venue. Is there anything else that they should send the insurance company, us, MJ? Yes, along with any contract or paperwork for the venue, if you have any, if you're booking transportation, if you're renting equipment, hiring a bartender or caterer, if there's any paperwork, you should send it to me. If you're in doubt, send it to me. I would rather you be safe than sorry. Okay, good to know. Came from you first. Okay, so that's step one. What was step one? Step one was pick a venue and send us the paperwork, right? That's that's the bottom line. Step two is do this way, way, way in advance. Um, and that may seem more like a just caveat to the first one, but we, we think this deserves its own step because it's that important, right? Correct, correct. <laughs> so Ruth, how much time should we allow for MJ to review a contract? Two weeks. Once we get all the needed information for review, that doesn't mean two weeks before your event. So, but does that mean like for two whole weeks you're staring at the same contract, Ruth? Um, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Uh, The internet's made it really easy to Mm -hmm. obtain everything instantaneously. Mm -hmm. But sorority insurance doesn't work like that. Right. And even if it's just a few pages, you still need the whole two weeks? Sometimes. <laughs> yep. So you're not Jimmy John's room? Um, I try to be fast, but not freaky fast. Sometimes that's not possible. Yeah. Often the contract will require additional information or approval from headquarters. It can take a few days to get all the information we need, depending on what's in the contract and to get the approvals needed. Right. So the point is, we at MJ, including Ruth and myself, when we when we have to help when, when Ruth's out, so we all need this from you guys out there, um, is we need time to review. Yes, we review events as they're received, and it's not fair to push your contract ahead of others just because you're planning last minute. I hate to say this, but planning to fail, or oh, oh, failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. See, I really did See, hate to say that. Say that again, though. That's, yeah. We say that all the time. It's important. Uh, I really did hate to say that. I screwed it up. Um, failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on our part. Right. So we know your sorority clients spend a lot of time planning these events, and you don't just wake up and say, yeah, I think I'll plan formal tonight. We want to get be part of the process earlier rather than later. I know of chapters that did not follow our recommended recommended planning process and their events were canceled. Yikes. How often does that happen? It happens. But usually uh, only takes one big disappointment. Cancel an event and a valuable and often very expensive lesson is learned. Right. And I kind of mentioned this before, but we're not a call service. We don't work at all hours of the night. Insurance is important. Um, but we're not 24-hour service at this point in, in the world. So I know college students out there listening do work at all hours, study all night. At least I did. So I'm thinking back to when I was an undergrad um, and just I would not have known, had there not been education out there like this, that insurance should be part of my event planning process early on. So that's why we're trying to get this message out today. 
Um, and quite frankly, confession, I've told you this before, Ruth, but I probably would have been one of the students that forgot this important step because it just, it, it wasn't something I was familiar with. You Did know? you ever have your event canceled? Not canceled, but <laughs> I, I had the You issue. were lucky. I was lucky. You well, didn't get me. I know. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. I, I did get lucky. Well, and just even venues fill up. They fill up fast. Right. and. Right. Even just not even getting sometimes our first choice venue for an event because we we failed to plan ahead was a good life lesson. So well, it, and it is it really is heartbreaking mm-hmm. when you have a chapter member on the phone crying mm-hmm. and there's nothing I can do. Right. Nothing. Right. Right. And it's it's hard for the it's hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So we want to set, set you up for some for success. So what is step three? Um, what if it is not way in advance? So what if I'm one of those students that I'm still learning? I'm I'm freshman. I'm a freshman. I have been asked and tasked with planning this event. This is my first time doing it, and I am not way in advance getting to you guys. Um, does it help to call or email you instead of submitting the request online? Should I try to get with in touch with you like a multitude of ways what what should I do no <laughs> in fact that's a big capital letter no <laughs> we hear you loud and clear again? we hear you <laughs> no. all requests must be submitted via our web page the form contains all the information that I need to process whatever's needed as quickly and efficiently as possible okay so once they submit the form then should they call and email and you let let you know that it was submitted online? Another gigantic <laughs> big no. If you submit a request through our website, it will come directly to me, and there's no need to call call me or email me and tell me that you submitted it mm-hmm. because I already know. It right. really slows the process. Right. That, that makes sense. I mean, I can imagine if I called even just a customer service line and submitted multiple inquiries, then they have to piece all those together um, versus just letting them get back to the one. Right. And if, if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're calling different members on the team, they may not know I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Then they're working on it. Or they're mm-hmm. stopping me from working on your event to tell me that I need to work on your event. Right. Right. And it makes sense. But but you'd be surprised how often this happens. That's why we're talking oh, about yes. it. <laughs> so one last question on timing. If they haven't heard from you in like 15 minutes, though, should they contact another individual in the sorority division just to make sure that you got it? <laughs> if they want to be moved to the very last of the line, mm-hmm. no. That's the biggest no yet. Contacting other individuals complicates and slows the process, like I said earlier. When you submit your request, it's placed in queue. Contacting someone other than me will remove your request from the queue and will push it to the end of the queue. Mm-hmm. Understood. That makes sense. So what you're saying is patience is a virtue, right? Yes. Yes, patience. Gotcha. So little did you know, you learn patience from the insurance team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's truly not us just trying to be difficult. No. That's because... As Ruth mentioned, we can tell it's back to school. There are so many requests coming in. There are bid days across the country. There are recruitment events. There are new member events, sorority sisterhood events, socials coming up. There's a lot going on. So we're trying to get to everybody as soon as possible. And the more that people can get stuff done early, the more we can help you out and get you your stuff on time too. And 
and you have to keep in mind, I probably work on 2,000 certificates, maybe a semester. So that's quite a few. Mm-hmm. That's quite mm-hmm. a few. Yeah, so. she, she knows a thing or two. She knows, she knows what she's talking about <laughs> over here. Um, we, we all uh, defer to Ruth on this stuff because she's done it so long. She knows it like the back of her hand. She could probably issue certificates in her sleep. Huh? Well, I am certificate queen. You are? She is. Royalty. She is the queen. Royalty in the certificate world. <laughs> she is. Bow down. Yep, yep. So we, we've talked a little bit about certificates of insurance. Um, and we can probably get into a whole other episode about how to read through a certificate, but... Uh, this is the point in the process. So step one, let's review. Step one was picking a venue and sending us the paperwork for planning your event. Step two was doing this way in advance. And step three was, what if it's not way in advance? Pretty much it should be, and you just need to wait, was the, was the answer on that. But um, at the very end of the process, in terms of what happens next, from a risk manager's perspective, what would I get if I contacted you guys to show that the contract is okay and that my sorority's coverage or my organization's coverage meets the insurance requirements that venue's asking for? I've kind of already spoiled spoiled the answer, but what is it? You'll get a certificate of insurance if okay. it's required by the contract. Yes. And what is a certificate? Well, we'll walk through that in more detail in a later episode. Okay, so before we move on, what... How would all this event planning for sorority event stuff transfer to other important life skills from your perspective, Ruth? Well, I think the contract portion of it is an invaluable tool mm-hmm. to not understand what you're signing and to know that you need to ask for help before you sign it. Mm-hmm. That's really important. There's going to be a lot of contracts that you're going to sign throughout your life. You'll sign contracts for your apartments. Uh, car loans, all kinds of contracts. It's important to read it, including the fine print. Um, The other thing, it's good to know the planning ahead, just to allow two weeks to understand that not everything can be dropped in an instant because you need something yesterday. Mm -hmm. Be respectful of others' others' time. That's Mm -hmm. important. For sure. Yeah, I think that's not something... Those aren't just hoops to jump through. That's just kind of how the world works. Exactly. And, and a good life lesson for sure. Yep. Good good perspective on it all. Cool. Well, now we're going to do a little portion called yay or nay. And hopefully the answers, we're, we're going to basically ask a question. And Ruth's going to say, is that a yay or a nay? And uh, today they are going to specifically have to do with event planning. They won't always, but today they do. So first one, Ruth, if there's no contract, and this has happened, is it acceptable for us to make up a contract? This is a question we get from sorties sometimes. Or is it okay for the venue to write one up for us, even on anything they can find, like a napkin, just to satisfy headquarters and make sure there's a contract in, in place? Uh, we can't make these up. Nay. <laughs> uh, hey. um, Unless you're an attorney, I would say no. Uh, not what we're looking for. We don't need proof that the event's happening. We need to see if there's any contractual obligations that will impact your insurance. So no, don't ask them to make a contract and don't make a contract yourself. Don't create create liability where there is no liability. Right, right. And the napkin thing, we, we really can't yeah, make that no. up. We've gotten a contract on a napkin before, which oh, yes. um, I think was the venues doing more than the sororities, but it still was like, wait, what? Yeah, really? <laughs> Yeah, 
So that please, please don't do that. We we don't need that extreme. No. Uh, no. So okay, next question is uh, again, this isn't a question we've gotten before, is my event is three months away and I have all the contracts drawn up and ready to sign. Is it too early to send it to MJ to review? Yay! We love you for <laughs> planning ahead. Don't sign that contract before we read it. Gotcha. So never too early. Just send it, send it ahead. But right. yes, don't send it to us if it's already signed. I mean, I mean, do send it to us. Right. But that's not ideal because now we have no negotiating power. Exactly. Yep. yep. You sign it, you're agreeing to it. And yep. it's a we really deal. don't have any bargaining power. Yep. Yep. Again, should be obvious, but these are the little things you learn on right. the way with event right. So, cool. Well, as you said earlier, business before pleasure, we've taken care of the business for today. Um, but now I want to get to what we can't stop talking about and give you guys a chance to learn a little bit more about Ruth, because I know sometimes if you've contacted our office, you may have corresponded with Ruth and you might only know her for certificates of insurance for events. But there is a lot more to Ruth um, than, than that. So oh, I want to I want to give deep. her a chance. <laughs> <laughs> to just kind of give, give you guys a peek a little bit of who, who she is and, and what she's got to share as an awesome person we get to work with. Well, I'm pretty quiet most of the time. <laughs> I'm That's kidding. Not true. Um, not, not true. <laughs> I have a lot to say, and I like to talk. Um, but aside from talking about my beautiful daughter, Haley, and my two gorgeous grandkids, Max, Chloe, loves of my life, mm-hmm. I like to talk about true crime. True crime. Yep, I'm a murder investigator, an armchair detective. She really is. Yep. We're, not, we're not fooling around yep. people. I'm, I'm seriously thinking about starting my own podcast, combining three of the things that I'm truly passionate about. What would you call it? Um, I'd call it Christmas Crime and Crochet. Give me a thumbs up. Would you listen? Oh, wait, can we do that here? <laughs> you can leave a review. Uh, so please, please do leave a review. And, and if anybody has input or thoughts about that, please, please leave it in. Um, the comments. Don't leave anything mean them. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Please don't. But yes. And email we, me if you want that Christmas crime and crochet podcast because I would think that would be good. I think it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I do. And we I'm really do. about the email. I'm really not going to do that. But I would like to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're, we're not kidding when we say because we have Ruth in our office as our resident expert murder investigator, we, we talk about true crime a good amount. I've learned a ton about JonBenet Ramsey and investigated that one for OJ. 25 years. Oh, yeah. I still haven't cracked it. I oh, must yeah. not be very good. We're gonna have to do a whole whole episode segment on on JonBenet. Oh I yeah, think. we could do that. We could do I that. Think we could. I've I've learned a lot from Ruth and, and true crime, and and it's gotten me to dabble in it again. You've lent oh, yeah. me a few books, and oh yeah, um, I started watching Mindhunter, which is fascinating. I heard those new season on out. a fantastic profiler. Yep, yep. yep. Learned all about it through Ruth. So. There you go. If so, that that might be one more tip. If you really, really are desperate and need a certificate, put a PS in your request with your thoughts about John Bonet. Maybe if they're good thoughts, maybe she's, you'll get a response. She's kidding. <laughs> We're just like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't make my job work. I will die laughing. <laughs> So, coming soon to a podcast near you, Christmas Crime and Crochet. That's right. Yep, yep. Grab sure. your hooks. <laughs> Grab a cup of hot cocoa and join me over by the Christmas tree. How do we talk uh, matter? I love it. I just love that those those three things describe you. And yeah. I, think it, I think they really do because Christmas, it's like the happiest time of year. You love that. Well, I haven't decorated yet. It's August. 
That's true. Not quite. No. But when when do you start decorating for Christmas? Uh, I will be fully decorated by Halloween. Yep. Yep. That, I pass out candy canes to my trick or treaters. Yeah. Not really. I don't have any <laughs> trick or treaters, but say. I would. <laughs> That's awesome. If I could find him that early, I usually can't. Yeah, not quite that early. Yeah. Yeah. But she, I mean, she's ready to go for Christmas, and I love, I love that she loves crime. I think it describes that even though she's kind of a pink sparkly granny is one of her nicknames around here, that she crochets and makes people feel special. She also has got a little edge to her, and then that's that true crime part. <laughs> that's right. You would, you know, I'm really not that pink sparkly granny. I'm a murder <laughs> investigator, too. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> well, you guys will get to hear a lot more from Ruth um, in this little sort of mini series is part of our Real Talk podcast that we're calling just event planning basics and, and all the things that go into that. So we will discuss contract language, what we're looking for, and we actually review the contracts and all those things in a later episode. But hopefully that gives you guys at least a start for what an insurance company is looking for when we talk about event planning. That's true. Anything else you want to share? Before we sign I up? appreciate you all. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk at mjsorority.com. Visit our website, mjsorority.com, to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time.